what what were their problems that came up that were different that might have not come up on the base or uh, oh we had lots of problems for one thing most of these we got some of these poor black boys that were just dra grabbed off the street by a, by a uh, uh, draft board that had to fill a quota and a lot of them had all kinds of problems some of them shouldn't have been drafted in the first place many of them were illiterate had to teach them to read and write had to teach them how to use a toilet most of us never seen a flush toilet some of them came from the uh, tough neighborhoods of chicago and detroit with their long black hair loaded with grease and we'd tell them to get a haircut and they wouldn't do it so we'd wait about 10 days and when they got on the rifle range where they're all spread out we had a first sergeant in this company B, and he had a big hair clipper, and if they hadn't cut their hair by the time they got on the rifle range, he'd walk up and down the range while they were practicing their shooting and cut their hair. We'd rake it into a pile and set fire to it. And it was the worst smelling fire you ever saw. Didn't didn't they have to go, like everybody else, to the barbershop where you see pictures in newsreels of people oh, yeah. getting a... But they sometimes they wouldn't do it. They'd be told to do it, and they wouldn't do it. So, you know, they were hot shots. So we'd wait till we get them on the rifle range, and then we taught them a few lessons. Mm -hmm. well, but, uh, and it was, it was, some of them were really pitiful. Like, uh, you know, we had some of them claimed to be Seventh-day Adventists, and they were, you know, and most, a lot of those were phonies, but some of them were real. And uh, we'd have to get them reassigned to a, a medical unit or something with them. Some of them would, I had one guy refuse to take a rifle because he was uh, against, you know, against his religion. So every morning they'd say, we're going to the rifle range, here's your rifle, and he'd, he'd set it down and walk away. What do you do with a soldier like that, you know? Well, how, how, do, how do they feel about um, the fact that they were fighting for rights that they really didn't have themselves? No, that wasn't an issue in those days. They were, you know, the, the current feeling about all this is, is so different than it was in those days. What was it like in those days? Well, everybody accepted the fact that black troops were separate from white troops. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Yeah, but I, I'm just... They, they didn't necessarily like it, but they, that happened. I mean, I was just... No, I'm not I, mm -hmm. I'm asking, but they didn't, they didn't have the same rights in this country. So I wondered how some of them felt, if you ever knew how some of them felt about going to fight somewhere. <laughs> Never heard a discussion in those days. Or if we heard it, we wouldn't listen anyhow. We were, we were there to train troops, Did and uh, there, there was no sociological conversation. <laughs> That's true. I mean, everybody had a job to do, and uh, the, uh, it was, the other thing is, is when manpower, I've forgotten the whole, whole schedule, but the, the regular schedule, let's say, called for six or eight weeks of training. But if the needs were great, our, the units required man, manpower, we'd turn them out in four or five weeks. You know, we just cut the training down. So a lot of guys didn't get as much training as they should have had if uh, manpower needs were, were heavy. Now, on the other side, if there were no demands for manpower, immediately then we'd keep them another couple of weeks. So when did the black units actually go and fight? Do you, do you know? Oh, well, they started right then. And we would send these guys from our BIRTC to, uh, let's say, the uh, 
cadre of the 40th Division being formed in Camp Shelby, or I went to the 13th Airborne Division, which was formed in Fort Bragg. Units were being formed all over the United States, and then they would get more training, and then they'd go overseas and be part of a fighting unit. And, um, but a separate part of a fighting unit. Well, I don't, most of them were somewhat separate, I think. Mm -hmm. But, for example, a lot of these guys went to the Quartermaster Corps, mm -hmm. where they became truck drivers and supply depot people. Mm -hmm. A lot of them went into the Corps of Engineers, and, you know. Mm -hmm. and so really what happened to them after that, outside of the fact that I, I knew where we shipped them to because I had to make out the orders. Okay. But what happened to them after we shipped them out, I really don't know. All right. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it.